0: Hi there, I'm your host, Macaulay Tucker, and you're listening to The Macaulay Tucker Show, the podcast where I sit down with some of the most accomplished and fascinating individuals in the entertainment and business industry. From celebrities to industry leaders, our guests offer unique perspectives and inspiring stories that will educate and inform you. Join me as I sit down with my next guest to cover their humble beginnings, challenges they face, as well as their accomplishments in life. You are bound to learn something new, so sit back and enjoy the interview. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Macaulay Tucker Show. Today I'm sitting down with an amazing guest, Paofu. Paofu is a major inspiration and we're also speaking with his father who is part of a band called Faber Drive. And today we're just going to be sitting down talking to these great people, so enjoy the show. First question, I, I mean, I always ask my I mean, I try to always ask my guests, it's just, you know, straightforward. Like, I'll start with you, Dave. What? got you started in music i don't quite know your your journey per se i do know that your father and i believe this is right your father actually bought you a drum when you were four and i'm not sure if that's true uh, which i also found really cool because you've also bought your son isaiah a drum when he was a little bit older i wanted to kind of hear about music what was really what really pulled you into this kind of this field this field of work uh
1: yeah so I, i was 16 when my dad bought me a drum set and um he basically told me uh i'll buy you this drum set if you practice every day um and if you only play christian music and i i said yes and uh but it took him a while to actually buy it because he didn't see that i was practicing enough and i had you know pots and pans the same story as so many kids that start out on drums um banging in the basement and then um, he ended up paying $1,000 for the drum set. And back in the 90s, that was a lot of money, especially for our family, because uh, seven kids in the family, he was doing construction, you know, we, we weren't, we were a lower, um, uh, low income family. So uh, he bought that, I practiced every day. And then I phoned up my buddy, Colin Friesen, who I remember played a guitar in elementary school. And I was like, hey, man, let's start a band. And he said, uh, he's like, he's like, sure, man. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a drummer. And he's like, oh, sorry, dude, I already got a drummer. And then uh, I was like, oh, shoot. And so we hung up the phone and I called him back and I was like, I'll do anything. And he's I'm like, you need any positions in the band, Phil? And he's like, well, we need a singer. And then the rest is history. After that, I just started doing bands and, you know, alternative bands, punk rock bands uh throughout the years first band we had was called total jids which is spelled t-o-a-d-l-j-i-d-s second now we recorded two full-length cassette tapes now you know you know how old i am and then we went on to another band called seed and seed was around when isaiah was born and uh bought isaiah his first little drum kit little like plastic drum kit when he was like two years old or something yeah that
0: was I saw that photo. You shared it with me, and like that's that's super awesome. I I didn't have any instruments. I mean, I did learn a bit of guitar when I was young. I learned like Amazing Grace on there. Uh, but funny enough, I don't really know really any instruments. You know, a little bit of piano here and there. Um, but I found I found bo- both your stories really fascinating. Um, and just you know, you were able to you know practice the drums, and you know were able to work on that. Kind of going with you, Isaiah. Sa- same thing. Um, I know, I know when you were younger, you had, you kind of had all these big dreams. You, you, you still are really in, interested in soccer, um, and you, you did a lot of soccer. I know you actually won a, a medal. You won a medal for your soccer, um, I believe it was a soccer player of the year for whatever, whatever team that you were on. And so, you know, it shows that you were very interested in that. Uh, what, what I found kind of cool was you actually created a list of things that you wanted to do. And you know a few things. You wanted to uh, when you were younger. You wanted to have a pet Alec. Allig- you wanted to pet an alligator, get a pig. One thing I thought was really funny was eat a whole box of Twinkies. That was on your whole checklist there. Even play FIFA, watch soccer, dribble a ball all at the same time, but not music. I didn't really see music on that list. And so I wanted to kind of ask you what got you started in music. What really interests you? You were raised in a family of you know musicians. Uh, was this kind of what pers- helped you want to pursue this as a career?
2: Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know why it wasn't on that list, because I feel like I was always interested in music. Um, uh, Yeah, basically, uh, I didn't really like music growing up, because I was kind of, like, forced to play the drum. Well, not forced, but, yeah, well, I guess so. I I had to, like, practice the drums and guitar, like, every, or just drums every day, and I kind of hated it, because it kind of became, like, a chore, and then I learned a little bit of guitar, but I didn't really, I didn't really care about them, and then, it wasn't until uh, I started using my grandparents' computer and I, I found out about GarageBand and I started playing around with it one day, and then I had a lot of fun like making beats on there and stuff and just like trying to make little stupid songs. And then I got my own laptop eventually, and um, I started just like doing it a bit more and taking it more serious. And then in grade twelve is when I heard about SoundCloud, and that's when I got really addicted. And I just started, like, posting my music, and yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's actually kind of how I discovered you was through SoundCloud. And uh, kind of similar story, like, I, same here. Like, I, I started using GarageBand when I was a kid, too, and I was, you know, full around on there. And gradually, over time, I was able to afford my own computer, which I'm using now. And uh, I was able to get involved with FL Studio. I'm a big fan of uh, old-school hip-hop. Got records. I don't even know what this is, but I've got this old record sitting here. Mrs. Mills nonstop honky tonk party. I don't even know what that is, but I got a bunch of records from my from my uh, grandma's brother who unfortunately passed away. Uh, but it's just really cool hearing your story uh, with with you know music and Garage Band going back to you, Dave. You know, with this band, what were some of the fun adventures that you went on with with all the bands that you've been a part of? I guess like I guess one that comes to mind that you can you can kind of share. Oh
1: man, there's so many fun adventures. Um, I remember being like uh 16 in my first band. I was talking about total, total jids We did two cassette tapes, and we had a concert. It was called Concert in the Park uh in Mission, hometown uh, of Mission, BC, there, Canada. And we were doing the concert. <laughs> we we were like we're like there was maybe like 50 people in the crowd, like if that, and and they're kind of moshing, have a little mosh pit in the in the, in the front of the crowd, and so. I decided to do a little stage dive. So I do a stage dive off the stage and, you know, like 10 of the people kind of catch me and not all of them catch me. Then this other guy comes up on the stage and he's like, you know, you can tell he's going to stage dive. Well, he goes and jumps off the stage and he literally, the people clear and he just landed just flat, flat on his side, right on the grass. I felt so bad, but it was the funniest thing ever because me and the boys, 16 year old boys were just laughing our heads off up on the stage um that's one of my earliest memories of of playing in a band i remember also being in a battle of bands uh in mission as well at the leisure center and we uh we sold out of our 50 cassette tapes at the concert we ended up winning that battle of the bands i probably would have been like 17 years old um and that was you know that was really encouraging It it was a big rush uh but you know there's there's so many ups and downs in the music industry i even at one point, I actually quit right before Pal Fu kind of started taking off uh, because I just wasn't able to pay the bills and I went bankrupt. And that's like, you know, seven or eight years ago and wife with four kids and I didn't want to lose my wife and four kids. And I was like, I have to go to work. I have to do something that I'm good at. And, you know, I I, I, I knew I was decent at music, but I just I was frustrated at that point in time with the music industry, with music on a whole. So I went and drove truck for five years and I was a a paid on call firefighter for the first two years of those five years. And then I started dabbling into songwriting some more with uh, a couple Canadian country boys and um, Faber Drive stuff. And then I, anyways, I'm kind of rambling on here, but that was, yeah. I know you co-wrote a country song. I I found that through research.
0: I didn't know that. I was at first trying to figure out if it was you, but you helped co-write a recent country song, which I thought was, was really cool because I know you do, your type of music. And I know it's a bit different than, uh, than country music. And so it's kind of cool to, to see that you were involved with that. Uh, going over to you, Isaiah, uh, kind of, you know, back to our conversation about SoundCloud. Um, you know, through that, I know with your music, you've gone through a lot of name changes, which I thought was really interesting. because um, I know a lot of people like sticking with their name. I know you went with, uh, with you a song. I'm, I'm a geek. I think that was a song that you did that I came across. which I thought was really cool because that was like rap. That was rap. That isn't really like the stuff that you're doing now. And then one, pers- one artist he went under, which I didn't know about, was an artist named called Zay Fine. And he did a song called Coffee Shop. And I know, I think one of your first songs was actually played on radio. Like, the, your first one of your first songs. And that's cool because my first song that I was involved with was played on, uh, on a radio in England, which was just such a cool experience. Uh, but I kind of wanted to hear about your journey on SoundCloud. Like, how has this shaped your overall, your overall career?
2: Um, I think it... Uh... Yeah, I think SoundCloud's pretty cool because you you get to start, like, from the bottom, basically, zero followers. And you kind of just got to work your way up and you get to see the growth the entire way. And um, you also, like, the people you start with, like, well, at least for me, the people I started with, like, I still talk to a lot of them, you know, like, Jomi and Roseboy and that. And so it's like you kind of get to create, like, a little group and collab with all the artists that that are around your size and you kind of all keep going together, you know?
0: Yeah. It's a great platform. I know Bandcamp is also a great platform when it comes to music. And it's really cool to see that your roots came from SoundCloud because I know a lot of artists a lot of artists start there. Um, going back to you, Dave, um, music, I, I was looking through your music and I found a lot of cool things. Uh, your, one of your songs was actually played on a television series, which I thought was really cool, is Hellcats. I believe that's what it was called. Not that that was such a cool little detail. Uh, you know, having your music and, you know, played on a TV show. And I wanted to kind of ask you, this kind of applies with both of you, I guess, with music. Is it weird when you're walking around and, you know, you hear your song playing on the radio? I know with you, Dave, with Faber Drive, uh, Candy Store, that's a song that was played like at Indigo Kids and all that crazy stuff, like at the library. And I remember listening to that growing up and I'm like, I love that song. But, you know, being in a situation where you're the person, the creator of that song, is it weird sometimes when you hear your music played like, in public
1: yeah it's definitely definitely cool you're definitely excited you know every time you hear your song uh more recently i remember i was in i was in la we were on a, a trip with with me and isaiah Palfu there and i'm standing there in the corner of the hotel and there's this car that pulls up to the stoplight <laughs> and and they got deathbed just blaring in the car and uh and i'm like Oh man. So there's like the stoplight just went red. So they're sitting there. There's no vehicles anywhere. So I yell over (laughs) this proud dad moment. I yell over. I'm like, that's my son. They got all their windows down. And they're like, they're like, what? And I'm like, that's my son. Next thing I know they come all the way back around. They turn around at the next light and they come back and they're like talking to me. And I think they did a picture with me and everything, but it was just, it was really funny. Um, I don't think it ever gets old. I don't know. Isaiah, do you, do you, what's it like, like, I think you had something like that happen too, Isaiah. You posted on Instagram or TikTok, I think, about a car pulling up beside you that had Deathbed playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: no, it's it's a really cool thing. It's um, I'm kind of used to it now, I feel like, with Deathbed, because Deathbed is such a big one. So it's like it it's not as shocking anymore, but um, yeah, it's, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, you've done a lot of songs. I know Deathbed's one that you, you, you always hear about, because that one's the, the one that... And I mean, if I was in your shoes, you know, I'd be a little bit, you know, it'd get kind of old, a little bit tiring. Um, But that was really cool. I was researching about that. And, you know, it blowing up was in a lot of the Canadian news outlets and all over because it was just, you know, I was I was looking through and just seeing the slowly the report slowly progressing as it it gets larger and larger. And, you know, I think it hit up one billion list uh, views or whatever. And I'm like, that's that's really cool. Being in that situation where that happens, Um, I'd love to hear more about your other songs. That's something that I, I really enjoy. Um, eyes, uh, eyes, blues. You know, snowflake. Um, recent song, I think, that's called "Shade of Blue." Uh, those ones, I, I just really enjoy. And of course, the song that introduced uh, uh, me to you was a song that you did with Johnny Duquesne I believe, back in 2018. Um, I think it's called "Letter to the Rich." That one was super cool because that's one of your one of one of your, from my understanding, one of your only explicitly biblical, uh, I guess, songs that you 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 talk a lot about um, God in that song, and that one was just really cool. Um can you share with me some of your some of your personal favorite songs because me as an artist I have my own songs that you know I enjoy more than than others that people enjoy and it, you know people say oh I love this song but I'm like you know I'm not really a big fan of that one I like this but love to hear from you what songs are near and dear to your heart that many really don't I guess don't think the same
2: yeah um uh, I don't know I feel like I've made so many songs now that like I feel like every song you make there's kind of something special about it to yourself cuz you made it, you know, and there's you obviously had to have some inspiration to make a song or whatever. Um <clears throat> recently though, um I mean Castle by the Sea is really cool because like I got a I wrote that one for my wife as like a surprise for her. Uh and I sang and I played it for her at our wedding. And so that was really cool because like that one had a lot of meaning behind it. Um but yeah, like I don't know, even even on my new album, I feel like yeah I don't know I feel like every song is kind of special in in a different way, yeah to me at least
0: yeah and that's 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 very important to have that in mind. you know every song is valuable, no matter how short or long it is. going back to you, Dave, you know with this music you know you're 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 very successful, you're you know being played on the radio. what kind of challenges did you face with with this you know success over the years, and how were you able to um you know get past these challenges um
1: that's a good question. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of challenges in the in the music industry. Uh, it can be quite political. Um, so if you're not really good at like people skills, um, then it can get difficult. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think also too with like with our band Faber Drive with favorite Drive like it it was a difficult time because there's I don't know if you know of like BitTorrent and when people were like like basically kind of stealing music off of like Napster and all that stuff and so we were making or you don't sell as many CDs during that era Um, but I mean there's other bands you know Nickelback did all Nickelback did really good during that time there's a lot of bands that did really good I just think we were like a mid-level band and so when you're mid-level you're not necessarily a priority for the record label but you're also not necessarily bottom of the barrel so it's kind of like just having a wife and kids at home um trying to stay grounded like i like i was raised as a christian and like by no means though i um Put myself in a pedestal in any way i uh i've made many mistakes in my life of you know got tons of sins and tons of regrets and um but yeah it can be challenging you know and then even i guess the other side of it is too is the songwriting side is like knowing or learning you know what kind of songs connect with people and still staying true to who you are in writing those songs And that's kind of what I love about country music so much nowadays is like, to me, a lot of the country I listen to is kind of like what I'm about. Like, I like going hunting. I like driving trucks. I like hanging out with my buddies. I love my wife and my kids. That's what I love about country music. It just talks about like down to earth things for me. It's not about going to the bar. Right. Like, so that's kind of what attracts me about country. Um yeah, there's lots of challenges i'd say songwriting having a family at home wife and kids at home um trying to pay bills you know trying to make it i think if you if you get huge you have a big hit it's a lot easier we didn't necessarily have a big hit we had some you know semi-hits in canada but we didn't blow up globally we didn't blow up in the us so that can be ch- quite challenging hence why i went bankrupt at one point
0: yeah i i definitely i definitely can understand uh, where you come from on that there's a lot of challenges uh one can face in music, you know, building a community, uh growing an audience. I know for uh, for you, uh, Isaiah, uh, you you've been able to grow a very, very big community, you know, even outside of Canada, which I which I thought was pretty cool. Um and just, you know, being able to have that audience and being able to have those listeners must be a really great, uh, great experience. I would love to hear kind of like your your create your creating process. You know, for me, I just find that I'm just sitting here you know, fooling around with piano, when I just spontaneously create something, it could be hip hop, it could be R and B, it could be whatever. I wanted to kind of hear for you, like when you're sitting down, like what's your whole creative process look like? I'd love to get a little bit of insight on that.
2: Um, yeah, I always start with uh with like the the inst- with instruments first. I, n- I, <clears throat> I never start with lyrics or or uh, or like yeah, I never start with lyrics or vocals. It's always like I'll either make some on guitar that I like, or I'll come across a beat that I like the sound of. And then and then I'll uh, try to come up with melodies to it. And if I come up with a melody I like to the beat I like, then I then I write lyrics. And that's kind of like the last part for me.
0: I know for your music, it's it's evolved a lot. And I've always, I wanted to kind of ask you, because I'd love to kind of hear your, your thoughts on this. But I know when you were a lot younger, you did a lot of like rapping, kind of things like that. And nowadays, it's kind of evolved into something that... I mean, from what I've heard, it's a little bit different. Would you ever kind of consider to release something that is just like, you know, is rapping, like kind of like your, your old stuff? Or do you think you're going to kind of stay on this path where you do uh, the music that you're doing now? Are you ever open to like experiment with some new types of genres? Uh, uh,
2: I'm open to a certain degree, but um, also the music I make right now is kind of the music I like, so I won't go too far from it, I feel like. Um, like I, I've been making like indie pop music on the side a little bit and that's probably like the weirdest stuff I'll make or the most different I guess but um in terms of like rapping like Yeah, I, st- I still make a lot of rap songs and whatever. it's just not like the classic hip-hop beats I guess it's more lo-fi lo-fi beats and stuff. So so it'll probably sound a little bit different Right.
0: I know that you're right now. I what I heard from your father uh, chain smokers I've heard that you're doing something with them. Can you share a little bit of insight on, uh, what this looks like? If you don't mind, if you're allowed to exact. uh,
2: Yeah, I, um, I made a song with my, with my brother-in-law. Um, he just came over one day and I was like, yo, let's make a Spanish song. And then we made a Spanish song like pretty quickly. And I was like, this actually sounds kind of good. And we kind of just did it for fun. I didn't think we'd actually make something good. But then it sounded pretty good. So then I showed the label and then the label showed a bunch of people, I guess. And then Chainsmokers heard it and then they reached out to me and wanted to work on it with me. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. That that sounds like such a such a cool experience. I know some other artists that you've worked with um, on Snowflake, you worked with uh, with uh, Jaden Smith. I believe that was a, that's a pretty cool song. And I thought I was listening through that a bit ago. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. I, I love that kind of going back to you, uh, Dave, uh, in research, I thought this was super cool you toured with a uh, simple plan. And I recently found out that they're actually a Canadian band too. And they did that, you know, that, that big, big song. I forget the t- the name of it. Um, but what was that? Yeah. What was it like working with them and, you know, going on tour with them with another Canadian band, like, like yourself, you know, working with them. Uh, that's kind of an interesting question. I thought I'd ask about that. That's a while, while back.
1: Yeah. There's th- those guys, man, honestly, I love them. They are good friends still to this day. um, Isaiah, you came to the you came to the Simple Plan concert here a couple months back, right? Was that were you there too? Yes. So I'm still friends with them. Like they came to Abbotsford, uh, I think it was like November or December last year, and and they got the lead singer Pierre um, and the band got us a bunch. I think they got us like ten tickets, and me and Paul Fu went with a bunch of friends. We took a we took a party bus. It was a lot of fun, man. I got a lot of respect for those guys. They I've been fans of them for a long time. Um, I love the pop punk. I love the the classic pop punk style the, live. They're incredible. Um, they put on a great show. They have massive crowds that come out. They're huge all over the world. It seems like they're, you know, bigger in like South America and Europe and Asia, even sometimes than they are in North America. But um, it was a lot of fun touring with them. Um, but, you know, I've done even some more songwriting with Pierre uh, on the side and Chuck. And Chuck and Pierre actually helped co-write a uh, a favorite Drive song called Too Little Too Late. Um, yeah, and there's even talk, you know, hopefully we can do something with with Pau Fu and Pierre and me down the road. Um, but uh, yeah, they're great guys, man. Really great guys, really hard workers. Um, amazing. I, I have nothing but good things to say about them.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that Does that look like a really fun experience. I know, uh, I know you both do a lot of charitable work. I know charity is really close to your, both of you guys' heart, especially uh, you, Isaiah. Um, I know you guys went out to, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the Philippines um, went there or went somewhere and you guys went there and you visited. Uh, But can you guys kind of talk to me about, you know, the value of of charity? You know, what, why is it so important, I guess, to you guys?
2: I mean, I feel like, uh, we're supposed to, give. well, I mean, the Bible and God tells us to give. And they say the more you give, or, yeah, it says the more you give, the more you'll receive, basically. It doesn't say those words. It's, I read it today, actually. It said, it said like, a stingy person will lose everything, but somebody who gives will get even more, whatever. Um, but basically, I think it's a necessity to live in a happy life. I feel like if you just keep everything for yourself, then you're not doing any good for anybody, and you're not sharing your gifts that you're blessed with and like in my shoes like god gave me a, a decent amount of money so if i'm not donating or using it for good then i uh i don't think i should have it yeah i
1: agree i I couldn't echo that in a, in a better way it's you know the, i i honestly believe the more you give the more you get um and uh yeah you know i've i've been blessed my my entire life you know even though i i like I said, this is the third time I'm saying, even though I went bankrupt, I still was richer than, than some of the richest people I know because I still had, you know, my family and, and um, yeah, just, just giving back, man. It's good. Too many people are too selfish in this world, man. Like they always say, you hear the classic all the time. If every rich person in the world shared just a little bit of their money, there'd be no world poverty. And it's like. Realistically, there shouldn't be world poverty. There shouldn't be anybody starving in this entire world. But there is because they're selfish people. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I
2: um, I was in, I had a church service recently and the pastor, uh, he was saying how um, our money that we have isn't ours. It's actually like God, God owns everything. Right. And the money we have is actually God's money and he's letting us borrow it. So I feel like looking at it that way makes it easier to give your money away because it was never yours in the first place. You know,
0: that's such a coincidence because I went, just came back from a youth retreat up north and the guy actually kind of was saying that, too. You know, everything that we have is a blessing from God. Now, that's that's just really interesting that that was something that you've uh, you've heard recently. Um, I'd like to kind of go back to you, Dave. You're talking about that period of time that you were in in the low. And I mean, I'd love to I guess I'd love to ask you, like, what really helped you get out of this situation? what did you learn about yourself during this period of time? And uh, how has this little situation impacted your life and and dealing with those types of uh, those little rough spots?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, during that kind of the five-year time that I was not really doing a whole lot of music, but I started doing song at the end of it, uh, one thing I learned is to... Uh, One thing I learned, I I, I can't say I learned it perfectly because I still do get stressed out. But one thing I did learn a lot, it was like, don't, don't get stressed out. Like trust in God, no matter how hard the situation is or how rough the situation is or how dire the situation seems. Like, and I just feel like God always pulls through in one way or another. Like um, when we were going to buy a house, we had like no money. and and then I, we were just talking about we, ha- we saw this house that we really liked. And we thought it was beautiful and all this stuff. And we're like, we were all being stressed about it. And I, and we, and I was just like, no, you know what? If God doesn't want us to have it, then we're not going to have it. And, and it doesn't really matter because we're still a family. We still love each other. And then we ended up getting the house. And I don't know. And, and yeah, I just, I, just I, I felt during that time, I learned to trust God more. And yeah, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not trying to say that by any means, but I know that God is perfect and uh and he's loving, he's forgiving he's he's all the all the good stuff and above. and yeah, people there's a lot of people in this world that call themselves Christians that I think are the furthest thing from a Christian. It's like you look back in Jesus day, the Pharisees, to me would have been the Christians back in those days, and they were like, the most judgmental most uh proud most they didn't they didn't know god for who god truly was but and jesus like called them out all the time on their bullshit and uh yeah so that's how i kind of got through you know just trusting in god was the biggest thing for me
0: that's really awesome that you're able to have something that will help you get, get through those uh through those difficult patches um going over to you um isaiah Um, I know you recently uh, got married and congratulations. It must must be really awesome and spectacular. And I wanted to kind of ask you, how has marriage impacted your work and, you know, how have you been able to adapt to these changes, especially, you know, uh, how do you think this will impact your future uh, in music? Um, It's definitely
2: a little bit harder to make time for music now because I have a wife that I live with and we own a house now as well. So there's a lot of other stuff that comes up. Um, so I kind of have less time to work on music. Um, I still work on music, though, every day, or I try to. And uh, it's nice, like, um, me and my wife, I feel like we have a pretty similar music taste. And I feel like like she's also really good at, like, singing and listening to, like, like she has a really good ear for music. So it's cool to, that I can walk around the corner and ask her questions and stuff and get her her um, input on ideas and stuff, and um, I mean, I have some new stuff to talk about now that I'm married as well, which is cool, so so I'll have uh, different things to say, I guess, in my
0: songs as well. That, that's really awesome. You're able to have some new subjects to tackle in your songs that you now that you've entered this new walk of life. Um, with music, I wanted to kind of ask you, Isaiah, and it was kind of an interesting question that was trying to come up with some good questions to ask you. Is uh, how would you say your faith has influenced uh, your music and you know its creation? And you, even you too, Dave. You can even answer this one as well because I feel like you could. You might have a few things to say. Um.
2: Um. I mean, I just uh, I try not to make pointless songs because I now that I have like a big audience as well. I I feel like um, it's opportunity to lead people to Jesus and and a better life. So. Um, I always try to talk about the bright side of things and stuff and, um, yeah, relate my songs to God or my beliefs in some way, but, um, yeah, I'll still make goofy songs every once in a while though.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's a good question too. Uh, I, uh, the songwriting side of things in terms of like my faith, I, you know, no, oh, I, I I feel like there's some songs that I've written in my life that I kind of regret writing. Um not there's other, you know, there's other moments where I'm like, okay, you know, I felt like I did this right, but then there's other songs where I'm just like, you know, just wish I would have written it a little bit different. And I do believe that ultimately God has given us music as a gift, just like so many other gifts he's given us. So um I do think it's important to give back to him.
0: Kind of have- Sidetracking from music I know starting with you Dave with uh, aside from music you love love reading books um, I believe it was a uh, Lord of the Rings that you enjoy reading but you also told me earlier in earlier conversations you enjoy reading uh, self-help books. and I wanted to kind of ask you about that what are some of the lessons that you've learned from you know reading these self-help books I guess what's one lesson that stands out in particular that you that's I guess recently that you're just like wow that's very important
1: Uh. One of my favorite self-help books right now is is a book called Atomic Habits. Um, It just really breaks down in a very simplistic way uh, how to break bad habits and how to make new habits. Um, And it's like, it just really stuck with me the, the way that the guy, I can't remember the name, James, James something. I can't remember his name, but the way he broke it down was basically... The reason why most people can't create good habits or new good habits is because they bite off more than they can choose. So what happens is somebody says, okay, I'm gonna to go to a gym every day for an hour. That's what I'm gonna do. And then, you know, their first week it's awesome, second week's awesome, third week's awesome. Again, the fourth, fifth, sixth week, and something comes up and they start missing a few days. And then two or two weeks down the or two, two months down the road, or three months down the road, they're not going to the gym anymore. Whereas James in Atomic Habits says that I'm kind of like, uh, paraphrasing this, but basically he says you're better off building the habit. So whether it's just, you know, going for 10 minutes a day or or 15 minutes a day and doing that over six months so that it actually becomes a habit and you want to make it so easy to do that, um, that you almost feel embarrassed not doing it. So, he's, and then, you know, after, if you, go, if you go to the gym every day or five days a week for a year for 15 minutes a day, you're going to be better off doing that than going to the gym an hour a day for six weeks. And um, another one that really stuck out to me was I, I, I don't think it was from Atomic Habits, it was another book, I think, but it said, uh, be, the, be the drip of water that hollows the stone. I just love that. Be be the drip of water that hollows the stone. So it's like, if you can be consistent enough over years, just as consistent as a drip of water, you'll put a hole through a stone, which is like amazing. Right. It's like, um, yeah. So just being consistent, consistent, consistent and longevity is far more important than having like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym for three hours today. And then, you know, two weeks later you're injured or something.
0: It's really good that you're able to find you know and learn these interesting things from reading books and i i, I want to read some books more i find that i used to read a lot of books when i was a kid i was really into like writing stories but nowadays i haven't really uh written or even you know touched a book besides the bible in a very long time
1: you know, i'm going to interrupt you for a second with all, yeah. it's actually interesting because isaiah was i used to try to get him to read when he was little and he's like he didn't, he didn't want to read very much. And I remember even, do you, do you read books much Isaiah? Probably not really. Right. Like I think one of the things I told him, I said is to become a good lyricist, you got to read books. And I think he tried to prove me wrong or something because he he, just, he didn't want to read too many books, but yeah. So you got, you know, one, one person wants to read a lot another person doesn't want to read a lot. But I, to me, I feel like Isaiah's strongest, one of his strongest points with his music is his lyrics, I think are phenomenal. If you, If you read his lyrics, just the way he puts the words together. I feel like he's a real wordsmith.
0: Kind of for you, Isaiah, um, outside of music, I know you you enjoy playing video games. There's a lot of video games you go through uh, and you also enjoy soccer. Kind of wanted to hear what other things you enjoy doing besides music that really just, you know, you get, you know, your dopamine's rushing and you're really happy. And and like, what kind of other things out there um, do you get a lot of joy uh, doing besides music?
2: Uh, I mean, my main main thing I like to do besides music is probably like just, uh, see friends and, uh, yeah, people that I care about in my life. Um, I find that it's pretty fun and and good. Uh, and then, yeah, I play video games as well. Um, lately I've been playing Call of Duty. Um, and then I've been playing chess a lot lately, actually. I, um, I don't know what happened, but, somehow it just got really fun <laughs> and uh i feel like i've gotten quite a bit better so it's it's kind of cool and then um yeah i also like like sports and stuff so i'll play volleyball soccer basketball football all that stuff
0: Mm-mm. so you started playing chess i've actually i don't actually know how to play chess but um, i enjoy playing i uh, enjoy playing card games i'm not sure if that's something that you're really into there's a lot of really really cool card games out there. What are
1: your three favorite uh, card games, uh, Macaulay? Like, just like,
0: I don't, I mean, not really card games, but like, Exploding Kittens, things like that. Like, really, uh, there's some really good ones. You should, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: there is. I, I do like card games as well. Oh, yeah, I'm a big board game guy as well.
0: I uh, I really enjoy uh, playing spoons. I mean, that's kind of with cards. You put the cards down and uh, you guys pass the cards around and then there's spoons in the middle. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but like, if you get matching of like, the numbers or something, you go grab a spoon and then everyone goes crazy. And sometimes when you're playing it, people hide the spoons far away, like in the ceiling tile or something, and you have to like run around. We did it around with, a lot with our youth group. Um, there's a lot of good games. That there's a weird game called throw the burrito. That one was really weird, but it's like a burrito that you chuck at somebody or something in the game. It's there's some there's some
1: yeah. It's I think I think it's called throw throw burrito. Yes,
0: that is that is the one. There's, there's,
1: yeah, yeah, it's fun, and 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 the burrito's like a soft little hot dog or something. And but yeah, that one's really fun. We we really enjoy that one too. We play we play uh, settlers of Catan as well, Scrabble. Yeah, there's some good ones. There's like one that like has like this
0: rubbery like uh, what's it called? I don't even know. But it's like the stick, and you have to like say something without using a specific word. And if you do it, they'll like hit you with it. There's there's a lot of really good games out there. But it's really interesting that you're able to find. Find stuff out there that is, you know, that makes you happy and hang out with friends. That's a big one that you said, Isaiah. And, you know, you don't see it, but I've got a board up here with literally like all my friends' names and a lot of my friends' names, my family on there. And I try to make it a habit of like every Monday and Friday, just reaching out saying, hey, how can I how can I pray for you? Things like that. And, you know, it's really good that you're able to to spend those moments, you know, with your friends, with your family, Uh, kind of going back to the music what sort of uh, fun things are coming uh, for the future, you know, in your music, uh, Isaiah, and maybe even you, you Dave, what are some fun little uh, hints and sneak peeks you can give on some stuff that you're working on?
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I don't know how much I can talk about uh, uh, the sleeping stuff. There's some stuff, some features that she's got, which I'm uh, really excited about for those. Um, there's another country song that I might have a cut of i can't say the name um but i will say that it was written with a, a good friend of mine jimmy foul and then uh, a couple other uh people that were involved and um hopefully that comes out and then yeah we I, by the time this interview comes out it'll probably be past the time that we faber drive uh will be releasing our first single or i guess at this time this podcast comes out it will have already been released the songs called never gone it's like a country style type song we We love country all of us have played in country bands played country covers uh of course we love pop punk as well and we love many genres rock and roll um worship music is another uh great uh music that uh, we love as well and then uh yeah lots of lots of lots of stuff on the on the on the go lots of stuff in the oven um lots of good things on the horizon
2: um I got an EP dropping in March, which is pretty cool. Uh, I got a s- single drop-in this Friday as well. Um, and then I'm hoping to release uh, my, like i made a bunch of songs on tour, on my last tour I did with and Snow. So we have like a little uh, EP as well that I think we're gonna be releasing soon. And then I also have another indie pop uh I'll EP with my friend Cody under the name Milkshakes in the Valley, which it will be coming up, excuse me, coming out this summer, which I'm excited about. And then I'm going on tour in Europe as well this fall, hopefully.
0: That, that's really great to hear. It's really great to hear that you guys got some, some big projects coming. Um, it's really great to see that, you know, your family, you know, all kind of share this one thing, you know, music. I know you guys have a family band called, uh, called Dutch Blitz, and that must be kind of fun, you know, all working together and working on music, um, and it's just it's super cool. It's really inspiring to, to see this um, in your family. I'm kind of almost wrapping up. I wanted to ask uh, you uh, this, I- Isaiah, um, how, have, how has your parents shaped, your, shaped your, your life, shaped your career in music? I'd love to hear about that, you know, your, your mom, your father. How has this shaped your, how have, how have they raised you in a way to shape your career?
2: Uh, I think the biggest thing is probably just, um, well, they kind of, like, made me practice it, which I feel like helped a lot in terms of um, being musical. And then also, like, the music that they played and listened to when I was growing up uh, probably did a lot as well in terms of, like, my dad, like, he played quite a bit of punk music, so I feel like my voice kind of sounds on the punk side a little bit and then uh, listen to a lot of like Taylor Swift and stuff. So like she's really good at like storytelling and all that. Um,
0: yeah, I'd say that's probably yeah. Totally forgot to ask you this, Dave, but you know, your son, you know, does music and was it difficult for you to um, kind of like get used to this, I guess, the difference, uh, you know, lo-fi and get used to this genre that your, your son was doing or was it easy for you to say, Oh, this is really cool.
1: That's a really good question. Um, in the beginning, I didn't think it was going to blow up like it did because I was kind of like, oh this is pretty chill, it's cool, you know. Isaiah's doing this chill style of music. Um but I do remember too being like the biggest fan of his lyrics in the beginning, like even for the I'm a geek song that he did. I remember when he wrote the lyrics, I was like, his lyrics are pretty good." And he, I think he he might have been like 10 or 11 years old um at the time and and it was uh it was really, really cool, you know, just just uh, seeing him. So I think I've always been a fan of his lyrics, and I even remember him showing me deathbed in the basement and, like, showing me the lyrics. And then he has other songs, too, like the song called When the Hospital Was My Home. That one hit me really hard. Um, my dad passed away of cancer in 95, and he was kind of like our family hero. It's actually his birthday today when we're recording this, February 28th. Um, he would have been, oh, 70-something But yeah, rambling on a bit again here, but yeah, just always been a, always been a big fan of Isaiah's lyrics and then, you know, falling in love with the lo-fi genre, which I kind of feel like Isaiah's kind of been the, at the forefront of breaking that into the mainstream, uh, world. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very proud of him. I think he's a really good, uh, good kid, good, you know, good man. And I think he's got a good heart and, uh. You know he's, he's, he's on the he's on the straight and narrow, so it's good.
0: Really great to to see this. You know you you acknowledge his music and you really enjoy it and it impacts you. Uh, kind of for you, Isaiah. Well, what do you think of your your father's music? You know, growing up, what do you, do you What do you think of the songs that have been made and or are going to be made?
2: Um, I like I liked a lot of it. I um, I know I got annoyed sometimes because he'd always play the songs he's working on over and over and over, and so I'd be like, oh, turn it off sometimes. But um, yeah, there's a lot of them I, I really liked. And then some of them I didn't like, but
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was just thinking about this before the interview, but I would love to see candy store done, but with uh Pao Fu as the featuring in that one. That'd be pretty cool. It's just an idea. Let me let. I don't know. I, I think it'd be pretty cool. I actually what's funny, Dave, is when I posted about this interview happening, somebody was like, Oh, how I love powerful! That's awesome. And I was talking about how his father's coming on. I was like, "Oh, who is his father?" And I showed him. I, I posted a link of the Candy Store, and he absolutely freaked out. He's like, "Oh my word!" I li- me and my sister studied the lyrics to this song, and he was like freaking out. And I thought it was so interesting because I thought, you know, he would freak out about Isaiah, but he freaked out about you and your music. And you know, he's around my age, and I thought that was super, super cool. But hey, definitely consider doing, uh, you know, maybe maybe redoing Candy Store because that song. Oh boy, I love that song. That yeah. song really, really hits hard. That was one of my favorites as well. <clears throat> just growing up, you know, listening to it. Uh, one question I kind of I ask all my all my guests. So I guess both of you can kind of respond, and it's just kind of conclude the conversation. What's one thing you kind of want to pass on to the listeners that they can apply to, to their everyday life, whether it be they want to be a music artist or anything in general? I guess we can start with you, Dave. What's one thing you'd like to pass on uh, to the listeners?
1: <clears throat> uh, seek God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Uh and then, uh yeah, and then you know, all the blessings will come after that is kind of how I feel. There's there's a lot of times in my life I was like, what's going on? I didn't understand it. And but I really feel that like God has taught me to trust in him. And you know, sometimes the outcome isn't what you want it to be, but it might but it if it's if it if you leave it with God, it'll end up being. The best in the long run and it's like you know uh yeah I just I would say seek God seek God and trust in him and people will let you down so many people have let me down people have let people down for thousands and thousands of years but like you know I, I, we've been watching me and my wife have been watching this show uh Yellowstone or 1883 or 1923 I can't remember which one it is right now, but they show some of the Catholic priests in the old days and how they used to be natives and like it was it's just so heartbreaking seeing that stuff and it's like how can how can somebody say that they're a christian or a catholic or whatever and beat the snot out of people and you know i know it's not just that way with the catholic religion i know there's other people in other religions and stuff and i'm not i'm not dogging on catholicism um but obviously the representative of somebody who who says that they're a christian or a catholic or something but but taking God completely out of context. And uh, yeah, so I just encourage people to, to seek God. Read Psalms, the Psalms in the Bible. The book of Psalms is awesome. Psalm
2: 23. Um, yeah, basically, um, I feel like a lot of people uh, that, aren't, that don't know God or aren't religious or whatever, they look at it as, um, just like rules and judgmental people and people that think they're righteous and above everybody else and I see why they could think that kind of like what my dad was saying but it's actually about so much more and it's the only way to get eternal peace and the only way to feel joyful for the rest of your life and even after, after death as well and for me too i've i've been i've had sad times and i've had hard times and stuff but um yeah the only person i'll be be there in the end and will never forsake you or betray you is jesus
0: amen to that amen to that well i'll be sure to include in the description where you got where people can find your stuff and you know when it, i'll put in the description you know your recent release and so they can support and check out your stuff i'll do it for both of you uh, thank you again so much for uh, for coming on the show today it's been awesome to you hear both your stories, I really enjoy the concept of having two people. It's very interesting, this is the first time I've ever done this, so but thank you guys so much for uh, for coming on to the show today. No worries, bro.